Hello and welcome to the What The Heck podcast, a show that looks at mysteries and the unexplained. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I look at something unexplained, telling a story or describing it, then look at the theories surrounding it. I won't give you any answers because I don't know them myself. I'll just give you what you need to decide for yourself. Research is done as academically as possible and references will be given after the stories. The episode this week is a true crime episode. This week, the episode releases the day after Valentine's Day. Didn't realise that that was going to happen when I planned the entire season. But this week, we are looking at the deaths of Nancy Spungen and Sid Vicious. Before we go into the events of October 12th, 1978, we need to look at the two people involved in this story, Nancy Spungen and Sid Vicious. I had to get the information from Wikipedia, so it might not be completely correct. Let's start with Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious was born John Simon Ritchie in 1957. Shortly after, his mother moved him to Ibiza, where it was assumed that his father would join them, but he never arrived. They used the British Embassy in Spain to move to Tunbridge Wells in Kent. In 1971, they moved to Stoke Newington in Hackney, East London. By 1973, his mother was addicted to heroin and other opiates and was completely unaware of what John was doing. John was attending counselling sessions at school, where he revealed to them that he was contemplating suicide, and there were claims that he had been torturing and killing cats, although they can't be corroborated. John turned 16 in 1973, and his mother kicked him out of the house. The same year, John met John Lydon, who introduced him to his friends John Gray and John Wardle. This would get really confusing, but something's about to happen to clear all of that up. The group became known locally as the Four Johns, and they quit school and began to squat in various locations. Three of the Johns then decided to take nicknames. John Lydon named John Sid Vicious after he was bitten by Lydon's hamster named Sid. John Lydon was also named Johnny Rotten by his bandmate Steve Jones and Sid named John Wardle Jawobble. The four of them would hang around King's Road in Chelsea, London, where music and fashion were everywhere. Here, he met Chrissy Hind before she formed The Pretenders. She reportedly tried to convince Sid to marry her so that she could get a work permit. Johnny Rotten and Sid Vicious began busking, playing covers of Alice Cooper songs. People gave them money to stop. In 1975, Johnny Rotten joined Steve Jones, Glenn Matlock and Paul Cook as the Sex Pistols. Sid Vicious was photographed watching the band attack the audience after their set at the Nashville Rooms in Kensington in 1976 and then began his music career. 
1976, Sid founded the band The Flowers of Romance with Clash members Keith Levine and Viv Albertine. He learned how to play the bass by listening to the Ramones during that time. He also went to a Sex Pistols concert and was blocked by Nick Kent, an NME music critic. Sid attacked Kent with a rusty motorcycle chain that he carried with him, and whilst high on speed. The Flowers of Romance never recorded any music or even played live, but Sid was considered for lead singer of The Damned and failed to go to the audition. In September 1975, he appeared with Susie and the Banshees, and the next day threw a glass at the stage whilst the damned were playing. Because he was drunk and high on amphetamines, he missed and hit a pillar, blinding a woman in one eye. Sid was arrested and incarcerated at Ashford Remand Centre. Viv Albertine visited him in prison, bringing the book Helter Skelter, which is the book about the Charles Manson case, as a gift. In February 1977, Glenn, oh my God. In February 1977, Glenn Matlock left the Sex Pistols and was replaced by Sid Vicious. Why Matlock left the band was disputed. The next month, the band signed with A&M Records and the celebration at the Speakeasy Club turned violent, with Sid stabbing BBC recording engineer George Nicholson in the face with a broken bottle. A&M dropped the band the next day, and Capital Radio banned the Sex Pistols from its stations. 1977 was the year that Sid met Nancy Spungen. She became a groupie and Sid's girlfriend. The band took her with them on the Scandinavian tour, the Holland tour, and their tour of the UK. In October 1977, the only Sex Pistols album, Never Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols, released and debuted at number one in the UK album charts. To this day, it's listed as one of the most influential punk albums of all time. In January 1978, the band went on a US tour for two weeks. They weren't getting on, and Johnny Rotten was barely speaking to anyone. Sid had been told to clean up his heroin habit and was taking methadone to help. He was angry that Nancy couldn't go with him. The tour was chaotic, with Sid insulting people in the audience, punching holes into green room walls, and even rumours that he hadn't plugged in his bass at all. At the end of the show on January 14th at the Winterland Ballroom in San Francisco, Johnny Rotten said, ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Marking the end of the Sex Pistols. Five days later, Sid flew from San Francisco to New York and slipped into a coma induced by alcohol, diazepam and methadone. He was told that if he didn't quit drinking, he would die in six months. After leaving the hospital, he was reunited with Nancy, where they fell into old habits, taking drugs. They returned to London for a gig at the Electric Ballroom in Camden Town, London, before returning to New York again to perform with a new band, but it's reported that the show they played was awful. That brings us to the mystery. 
So I'm going to look at Nancy Spungen now and run all the way through. Nancy was born in Philadelphia in 1958. She was a difficult baby who cried all the time. She grew into a temperamental child who was often violent towards her younger sister. She allegedly threatened to kill a babysitter with a pair of scissors, attempted to batter her psychiatrist and was expelled from school at 11 because she was absent for more than two weeks. Her parents sent her to Devereux Glen Holm School in Connecticut and later Devereux Manor High School in Pennsylvania. In 1972, Nancy ran away from Devereux Manor and attempted suicide. She was diagnosed with schizophrenia at age 15. Nancy graduated from Lakeside High School in 1974 and attended the University of Colorado Boulder at 16. Five months into her freshman year, she was arrested for purchasing marijuana from an undercover police officer. She was later arrested again for storing stolen property in her dorm room and was expelled. Her father travelled to Boulder and accepted a plea bargain for her, meaning that she was banished from the state of Colorado. She left home at 17, moving to New York City. She supported herself with sex work, amateur music journalism and odd jobs at clothing stores. She also became a groupie and followed bands like Aerosmith, Bad Company, the New York Dolls and the Ramones. In December 1976, she flew to London with the Heartbreakers and met the Sex Pistols. Soon, Sid and Nancy had moved in together and during the relationship, the pair became addicted to heroin. The tabloids dubbed Nancy Nauseating Nancy because of her frequent public outbursts. Nancy followed Sid on a few tours, but was blocked from joining him on his US tour. After the Sex Pistols broke up during that tour, Nancy and Sid reunited, eventually moving into the Hotel Chelsea in New York. They lived in room 100, registered as Mr. and Mrs. John Simon Ritchie, which was Sid's real name. There had been reports that Sid was abusive towards Nancy. According to Johnny Rotten's wife, Sid often hit her. Nancy told her mother that the beatings she received were at the hands of strangers, only admitting they were at the hands of Sid in her final phone call with her. In the early hours of October 12, 1978, people staying in the Chelsea Hotel heard sounds coming from room 100 where Sid and Nancy were living. Given the people that stayed there in the 1970s, screaming, moaning and cries of all sorts weren't unusual. These specific cries were though. The residents would find out why later in the day. Hours before, several of Sid's friends were in room 100, watching Sid take drugs. Several of them watched as Sid took 30 tablets of Tuanel, a barbiturate. 30 tablets are a far stronger dose than most people could survive, and definitely a dose that would render anyone unconscious for hours. Apparently, that's exactly the state that Sid was in through the events of the evening. Around 2.30 in the morning, 
Nancy asked Rocket's Red Glare, who was a bodyguard and drug dealer for Sid, for Dilaudids, an opioid painkiller. Five hours later, people reported hearing female moans coming from the room. At 10am, Sid called the front desk of the hotel and asked for help. When hotel staff arrived at the room, they found Nancy half-naked on the bathroom floor, having been stabbed in the stomach by a knife. She'd bled to death at 20 years old. Sid was arrested after being found wandering the halls of the hotel in a dazed state. He was charged for the murder of Nancy. Initially, sources reported that Sid had confessed to doing it, and that was why police had no other suspects. But Sid recanted his confession and claimed that he was asleep at the time of the murder. Sid's friends and family, as well as members of the public, believed him. People who knew him recalled that Nancy was the first and only love of Sid's life and were positive that he didn't do it. Sid wrote letters to Nancy's mother, Deborah Spungen. One of these letters concluded with the line, Thank you, Debbie, for understanding that I have to die. Everyone else just thinks I'm being weak. It appeared that Sid didn't want to be in a world that Nancy wasn't in either. In February 1979, Sid was found dead. He was out on bail and had been partying in a Greenwich Village apartment when his mother and new girlfriend found him. He had overdosed on heroin. Sid Vicious was the only suspect in Nancy's murder, and with him dead, the case was dropped. Police didn't feel like there was any point in pursuing the case any further. Theories floated around, none of which were explored. Was Sid Vicious the killer of Nancy Spungen? Why don't we look at some theories? Nancy Spungen was found dead in room 100 of the Chelsea Hotel in 1978. Her boyfriend and the only suspect, Sid Vicious, was found dead of an overdose months later. Did Sid kill Nancy? Let's look at some of the theories. First, we're going to look at Sid. He confessed to the murder, but only sort of. When he was found in the hotel by the police, he was interviewed. He said that he had no idea what had happened to her and that he'd just woken up to find her that way. When he was taken to the conference room to talk more privately, he began to speculate on how Nancy could have been stabbed. One of these speculations was that Nancy could have just rolled over onto the knife in her sleep. After police applied pressure on him, Sid eventually told them that he had stabbed Nancy but didn't mean to kill her. He said that he loved her 
but she treated him badly. While the police were handcuffing Sid, he once again claimed to be innocent. Now, Sid had a recorded history of violence. He had attacked people at concerts and had been physically abusive towards Nancy. In all of the concert attacks, Sid had been high. It stands to reason that he was capable of doing this. Sid even admitted to stabbing Nancy but not intending to kill her. What doesn't sit right here is how much he actually cared about Nancy. People believed him when he said that he didn't kill her, stating how much he loved her. He also kept saying that he didn't know what happened because he was asleep. Could he have been asleep at the time and really didn't know what had happened? We have to keep in mind that Sid had taken 30 tablets of Tuanol, which would have kept him unconscious for a long time. It's surprising that he even lived through that amount of sedative, and it seems like a reach that he would have been able to stay awake for long enough to murder Nancy. The next theory is that it was part of a murder-suicide pact. After Sid's death in 1979, his mother found a suicide note in his possessions. The letter explained that he wanted to reunite with Nancy, stating that they had made a pact. This note led people to believe that the pair had made a suicide pact that had gone wrong. Sid had attempted suicide in the months between Nancy's death and his own, and the pair had even told a reporter that they planned to die months before their deaths. Sid's mother reached out to Nancy's parents to ask if Sid could be buried next to her, but Nancy's parents refused. Sid's mother got Sid cremated and secretly sprinkled his ashes over Nancy's grave, reuniting the pair once and for all. We fall into the same issues with this one. Sid had taken a lot of sedatives the night of Nancy's murder. So how did Nancy die? Howie Pyro, one of the people in Sid's room the night that Nancy died, said that she wasn't above stabbing herself to get Sid's attention. That would have been quite the feat, since Sid was likely not conscious for the majority of the night. Perhaps she had thought that Sid was dead and took her chance to fulfil the pact without an investigation, in a Romeo and Juliet style act. Except the situation was more like Romeo and Juliet than she realised, and Sid had just fallen into a comatose state, only to awaken to find Nancy dead. Then, in true Romeo and Juliet fashion, Sid had kept his end of the bargain and ended his own life. It was clear from an early age that Nancy didn't want to live as well. She attempted suicide at 15 and was subsequently diagnosed as schizophrenic. The amount of drugs that she took before and with Sid can't have been very good for her mental state. It's entirely possible that Nancy had committed suicide while Sid was unconscious and powerless to stop her. Something that points people to theorise that another person killed Nancy revolves around a robbery. It was estimated that Sid and Nancy had about $24,000 in their hotel room at the time of the murder. But when police arrived, the money was missing. It's speculated that the police may have taken it, but also that the money could have been a motive for the murder, which would clear Sid of the crime. 
Rocket's Red Glare, Sid's bodyguard and drug dealer, had spoken to Nancy very early on the morning of her death. It's claimed that he was one of the last of Sid's friends to be seen at the hotel that night as well. Soon after her death, Rockets was overheard confessing that he had robbed and killed Nancy, going as far as to produce some dollar bills with blood on them as proof. Rockets was never spoken to by the police, despite him visiting the hotel room on the day of Nancy's death. Rockets died in 2001 from kidney failure, liver failure, cirrhosis and hepatitis C. He was 52 years old. Another theory of who committed the murder is a man simply known as Michael. Michael was supposedly a friend of Nancy's and was also a drug dealer. He was said to have been staying on the sixth floor of the hotel. Michael had been in room 100 the day that Nancy died. He'd returned to his own room and one of his roommates recalled that Michael smiled and said that Nancy was in a body bag, stating that Sid had killed her. Michael reportedly had a large amount of cash tied up with Nancy's purple hair tie. His roommates told people that they had shared this information with the police, but nothing ever came of it. Michael checked out shortly afterwards and disappeared. A picture of Michael was drawn by Steve Dior, a friend of Sid's, which had been shared with others. Alan Parker, a friend of Sid's mother, was asked to prove his innocence before Sid's mother committed suicide in 1996. He created a documentary called Who Killed Nancy, which conducted 182 interviews with people in regards to Nancy's death and re-examined the original police files. Parker wanted to clear Sid's name and uncovered some evidence to do so. He was the one who discovered the existence of Michael the missing money, and also found that police had found the fingerprints of six different people in the hotel room, but none of those people were interviewed. It's possible that someone knows what happened to Nancy in that hotel room in 1978, but we're not likely to find out. Sid and Nancy were a whirlwind and lived punk. They both died young, their love burning strong. It was a modern version of Romeo and Juliet, leaving only a mystery behind. The story for this episode came from the Wikipedia pages of Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen, an ATL article called The Short Tragic Romance of Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen, and a Quartz article called Sid and Nancy and Me. The theories from this episode came from a Ranker article called After Decades of Evidence, Did Sid Vicious Really Murder Nancy Spungen? And a Guardian article called After 30 Years, A New Take on Sid, Nancy and a Punk Rock Mystery. References for the episode and links to studies will be hosted on social media for you to look at. Social media links are available using the link in the episode description. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and still plan to post short pieces of episodes on TikTok as well as putting the episodes on YouTube. I'm just getting this month's episodes out of the way and then I'll start incorporating um, video episodes at the same time as recording all of the audio. 
Um, I have a Patreon, but I'm still deciding what to post on it this season. There's a £3 tier if you want to support me anyway. The link to the Patreon is also on the link tree. And as before, you're welcome to pledge more than £3 a month and I'll find something extra special for the people that do. My email address is also in the episode description if you want to send me spooky stories, unexplained events or even mysteries you want me to look at. If I get enough, I'll set up some listener episodes to read them. Please don't hesitate to email me if you have any corrections or issues with things that I've said. Once I've seen the email, I'll make sure to correct myself. This week's Creature Feature will be out on Saturday and next week's episode will be out on Wednesday, February 22nd. So hold on until then. Thank you.